If you listen closely outside the MGM, you can still hear Johnny Hendricks explaining technically why he lost and how he got surprised and how it's frustrating, but how he'll be back on a loop. He's just been stuck on a loop since Stephen Wonderboy Thompson gave him the bronchial infection, <laughs> which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier when you're from a bird's eye view comfortably in front of your television. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Great. You are lucky that you are not paid per word or by the authenticity of which you open this show with. I agree on both accounts, but, you know, anytime there's not someone measuring quality on my performance, I agree to it. What did you think when you saw the kick? We call that a kick to the chest? Is that what you call that? Uh, I call it the chest ray. And fortunately, it can kill you, but it also brings you back to life as impact lessons. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. the nice part about it. Uh, what 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 was your response? I mean, mostly it was a lot of ow and, uh, oh, that doesn't look good. Uh, Okay. Uh, I want to preface this by saying I don't like people who have long legs. I feel (sighs) it is unnecessary. It's unfair in this world. Praying mantises. They eat the people they mate with. It's weird. So like Kevin, you're, you're taller than me. So you have longer legs. So that's part of the reason why I don't like you, uh, in terms of jujitsu, it's like I know people are always saying like ah oh, you should be able to do anything on same yeah. people. People are always saying that, and it's always annoying. Go on. And I feel like I want to like this is basically what I tell them. I want to believe you, but I don't. Yeah. Because I find that it's people like, who are a little it, bit taller have the ability to regard faster. Yeah. Maybe in my world of jujitsu, and then maybe in the MMA world, keep that distance from a guy who's a little bit shorter, aka. Johnny Hendricks, who had a hard time trying to implement a wrestling-based strategy. That is his usual uh, bread and butter. Yeah. Well, he he was forced to stand and fight with someone. Yeah, that was was new for him. But it was specifically awesome when those takedowns, which were very predictable, and came in in the same way got snubbed by what Dominic Cruz called an excessive amount of movements. Dominic Cruz was so fired up he wouldn't stop yelling in the post-show, despite Karen Bryant trying to turn the volume down on both he and Bisping. Nothing short of using a remote pointed at them and been like, could you guys take it down from like a 10 to a 7? They couldn't. Cruz credited it to be all movement. I thought that was pretty awesome. That's good. And for our friend Karen Bryant, I think one area that might help her uh, might give her a suggestion is to get like a cat laser pointer, especially for Cruz, because I feel if you put the laser pointer, <laughs> just he'll just start looking her way. And with Bisping, I think you just play back what he just said to himself and he'll find a way to argue against that. Ask as well. him to interpret it. Oh, either or just find him a nice get him a coloring book. I don't know why no, we're making this complicated. Yeah. Like, let's just get him something simple to do. You know that one eye is going to color it right. And then the <laughs> other eye is going to be a little confused as to what the color is supposed to look like. It'll yeah. be oodles of fun for all involved. I was that way. I was so drunk last night during the Super Bowl, by the way, I by by peak end of it. I was pretty intoxicated and Denver went insane. Raph, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about the Super Bowl. It's culturally relevant. 
<laughs> and I have an MMA connection. No. Yes. Uh, DeMarcus Ware. One of the two people that won every game for the Broncos this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. No, no, no. That's not true. According to the media, Peyton Manning, he was a cowboy. Them. No. He was no. riding off into the sunset. Yeah. He was so like John Wayne. He was like, hey, Pilgrim. He was I'll a lot like John Wayne ball. this year. He was a lot like him, so uh, stats-wise. Nobody else out there helped him to achieve that. That is what I've learned from the media. <laughs> Shockingly, Wade Phillips is the forgotten soul in a lot of this, because at least Von Miller's the MVP, thank God. I was going to lose my mind. It's like a defensive player scores two touchdowns, has 19 sacks, single-handedly wins game, and they're like, Peyton Manning's the MVP. That's what I was waiting on. I even texted you. I was so nervous about that. I was like, I'm going to lose it. In that moment. And you were early about that prediction, too. I just felt like Von Miller, when I saw that he was already getting contact, he was like, he might score twice. I think I said three TDs. I was not that far off. I should have bet it. Oh, Denver, of all your things that you're great about. So boring game. Super boring game in terms of like Peyton Manning, 12 straight, 12 straight three and outs, Raph. Less than 200 yep. yards. I don't know. With with a year's worth of effort, you think you think we could do a little better? I. Why do people get so worked up about saying it is a boring game, it was a non-boring game? Like, what do people want from football? Scoring. I wanted scoring. I, I mean, you had 24 to 10. Yeah. So you have to qualify that. You got scores. You just didn't like the scores you got because it involved a lot of kicking and a lot of like, hey, we knocked this out of your hand. It Oopie was 13 doopy. to 7 until like the last nine minutes. I mean, it was One thing exactly. I was like, you know what? I go, if they keep talking <laughs> about goddamn Peyton Manning this whole time, he needs to throw something to somebody. <laughs> and when they did the two-point conversion, I go, well, there you have it. Good. He connected with somebody for the love of God. So that was nice. I, you think hard... <laughs> Sorry, oh, go you're, Nope. You, this is a bait. This is. <laughs> I was just, I, as an entertainer, I thought I'd ask what you thought of the halftime show. I know you're also a big fan of Coldplay. You're not, like, <laughs> you didn't own all their CDs, but you definitely have one left over in a trunk somewhere. I'll tell you this story. This story is 100% true. My sister and I, we we go see everybody. We go see every concert there is out there, okay? One year, I think it was right after their first album, they were starting to get some notoriety. Florida and we Georgia always, well, <laughs> I was like, who can I think of that I'm positive he hasn't seen, even by accident? Keep going. Let's put it this way. When you say Florida Georgia line, I look at it and I go, nah, we're good. Okay. This is, again, a way different time in my life. However... When Coldplay first came out, I remember my sister and I heard they were getting buzz, and we had tickets to go see them. I think we even had them. I don't know if she paid for them. My sister gets tickets for everybody. So I was like, okay, cool. We got to the car. We looked at each other. The concert was in two hours, and we just said, nah. Nah. Like, my sister was willing to let that money go because she thought better of it. And you know what? She was right because afterwards it became this thing. Now, on paper, it makes sense because Coldplay has sold a billion fucking records. They have international appeal. 
all of their songs are written for stadium anthem sing-along kind of moments, even if they're ripped off from you too. So it has all the vibes and all the things that would make sense. Does it make sense for the 50th anniversary? Eh, I don't know. You could probably do something a little better than that. But hey, that's the hand you're dealt. So all for the past, what, three, four months that I've heard they were going to do this, I've just been saying, I'm not looking forward to this. It's going to be rough. And people are like, but, uh, you know, I kind of like Coldplay. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Stop saying that. That's not That's not healthy for you to say, first they of all. They can get anyone. They can get anyone. And second of all, I realized they go, how much Cirque du Soleil how, do they have to make to, in order to make those guys look interesting? Well, and, answer, they just turned them off. They were like, hey, we'll just hide them behind Bruno Mars and his band doing a rare pajamas. Nope, nope, nope. If you're working me enough to get to this point, I've given you all the preface to it. Now I'll unleash what it is that Kevin wants me to unleash, which is my irrational hate of most things in this Super Bowl halftime show. All right, let's go. First of all, you get Chris Martin being pulled in. So he's walking in from the crowd. Real original, though. Definitely. (laughs) For a Super Bowl halftime show. So they pull him in and he's like, oh, I love you guys and peace and love. I'm like a Muppet, whatever. Okay, great. He starts singing the biggest hit they have, which is Viva La Vida. And that should be a whole centerpiece of their performance. But instead, it's just kind of a a quick aside that's going to transition to some other bullshit song that they have. So they start playing it and his voice isn't even turned on for the audio broadcast. So I tweet out, and this is where Kevin's the most tickled, I think fancy of all the jokes I was putting out there as I was live posting it, which was, well, everybody, I got my wish. They turned his mic off (laughs) and it was terrible and it was awkward to start that way. And you knew what you were in for. And I have to ask you this. Is it weird to you to see, brightness like california time for vicky said it i said it we were like what is it with the daytime sucked yeah it was weird it was during the day it just felt like uh just more backyardish if i can speak this to uh my wwe friends you would know this because earlier this year you saw wrestlemania and you saw the undertaker make an appearance in the daylight yeah so Uh. When you see a man whose whole entire premise is I can make the whole lights go out and walk out for 29 minutes in darkness and then summons the lights or whatever bullshit, lightning, whatever, to come up and allow me to have a lit entrance. And instead, when he's at the Levi Stadium, it was him being like, I'm knocking out the sunlight. Can somebody stall for me? Rhonda, do you mind talking with The Rock for a little bit longer? So that's problem the first. Problem the second. Once they do get around to actually doing the halftime show, then they bring out the children of the world, which is some bullshit because Jesus Christ, I know they're paying tribute to other people who have done the halftime show before. But like while I enjoy Michael Jackson's performances, every time he got around to bringing the kids out, I was always like, "Nah, we're done. Mike, no X nay on the kids. A please. It's a little weird. Anytime he's going to be like, heal the world. And then like he would read a poem that's like. Don't stop. Like go all the way. Yes. <laughs> just like keep letting you it go. Just... 
if you want to, if you want to like tune along to some of Rev's better thoughts, uh, you can find him at First Slice. But he's going to keep talking. So go. I'm going to keep going. So you because you haven't even gotten to the dance off, and that's I what I love not. about that little sidetrack. I, I was like, this is art. I know. Okay. Okay. It's just just remember, Kevin did this to you all. Okay. I was perfectly happy talking about MMA, but we're gonna stick here because 110 million people watch this goddamn show, and of those people, we'll take we'll take four percent of everyone's either on your side or super pissed when you insulted Viva La. I forget the song. If that tells you how Viva I feel La about Vita. Viva La Vida. People, their own album, but Viva most Lafita. I feel like most MMAers are in the closet Coldplay fans or with you right now. So you, sure, and if they're in the closet Coldplay fans, then they they understand their shame. They stay do stay there. Just don't fight with us about this. Okay, so now we're at the part where Chris Martin has brought out the children of the world. He hasn't read a Michael Jackson poem. Instead, he's singing one of his other crap songs. So. It's all piano. He's dancing like a muppet. It's really annoying. And then I guess they just decide at a certain point in their <laughs> their course. And this is the one shockingly I, uh, like a Muppet. Yeah, it was a little like a Muppet. People think about that like with his arm. Sorry. Go but on. I want to bring this up to you. And maybe you arms. think differently. Doesn't it always look like Coldplay was on the losing end of a paintball game? Yeah. Just like a group of people that would play dodgeball as adults. And then they've got fucking people with sunflowers bringing them around and twirling them as if that's something to do as well. And it made me start thinking they are actually going all the way back. And the Super Bowl While the screen was history. going on, by the way. While that, like, super televised – it was a movie screen of some kind but playing yes. underneath them. They have, like, the LCD screen underneath. And so hard to focus. I mean, my wife so was hard saying, to focus. She goes, if I was on top of that thing, I would be dizzy trying to play any instrument and look down and going. Whoa. I did kind of feel for him. I thought that was maybe why he was dancing the way he was dancing. No, he was just trying he's to catch a his fucking balance. human Muppet. That's what he is. That's what he does. And the other thing, I guess, that's great a little bit weird. <laughs> great cheekbones. He was out of breath within the first minute. And I'm like, buddy, you have to fucking pace yourself. It's a 12 well, minute degrees. performance. How are you already out of breath? Your whole thing is singing in a falsetto. And if you're already out of breath now, good luck hitting that at minute six. And anyway, so now they're getting to this point where they go, well, Coldplay is boring as fuck. Let's bring out Beyonce. (laughs) So Bruno Mars shows up looking like a busted ass MC Hammer. And this is where I have the most issue. MC Hammer is never fucking done. Was it with the wardrobe? Was that your issue? It it was like a pleather jumpsuit pajama inspired yes it looked like he and his friends got together and they're like hey do you have luxurious looking trash bags not like regular trash bags but the ones that like rich people use when they want to go to sleep but then they want to throw it out the next day like a robe that's dirty at a hotel that's what we want could you make so it he comfy puts that and on shiny and that's yeah. made with that look that Catwoman had the first one <laughs> 
Yes, definitely the look that Catwoman had, as evidenced by the gold chains that they were wearing that were ever so effervescent about it. So now he's going up and he's dancing to Uptown Funk. I told you he could dance. I told you. What did I say on the last I still say, I don't call that dancing. I call that performer slash dancer. You you said slash dancer is generous. It is generous. I saw him moving his money maker. He actually, I they didn't have instruments, which I was surprised. He barely was, he wasn't even singing. Of course they didn't have instruments. There's nothing there to instrument. Why? It's just all pre-tape. They're, okay, they're banned. They're just. So he's out there. He and his friends are in their trash bags. He's out there doing the running man, doing all of the 80s inspired choreography. That Jimmy Fallon came out. They taped a bit during. It was nice. <laughs> So then the attention turns to Beyonce, who's on the grass, and she's doing the same mechanical movements that she's doing all the time. Beyonce is wonderfully talented. That song is not great. The video is actually very powerful looking, but it goes against my cardinal rule of you don't premiere a new song at the Super Bowl halftime show because your point is to be there and make people happy and just do your goddamn hits. If you premiere a new song, and Coldplay did that too, whatever song it is, The Color of Life and Spectacle, blah, 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 whatever the fuck they call it, it's the same thing. When she was premiering a new song, it was just like, oh, fuck. Okay, great. And I feel like her dance moves are the exact same, the ones that she's used from performance to performance. So that's not here, there, or there. But the one thing that's a little bit of a problem is, is when she goes to do the dance moves where she's like dropping it down in heels and she keeps doing it and there's no reason to do it. And then she almost falls. And I'm looking at her like, you deserve that. Of course, that's what's going to happen if you keep doing those moves. This was not a situation where the screen scared her. Like, it didn't do this thing where she was, like, falling and off the building. she did the cardinal rule It was just dark. You never time. lose your step in a dance battle. And that's what she did to Bruno Mars. Then they had to get, like, a step ladder for Bruno Mars to at least <laughs> be on the same height level as Beyonce. He's so, a miniature. He's, he's a very, he's very short. You get the feeling that you could just put them in your pocket. Well. Is what you get with Bruno Mars there. But anyway, so now at this point, I think they have the good sense to remember, hey, Chris Martin. Oh, oh my God. Coldplay's still here. Shit. Oh, shit. But it was it was actually, hold on. I want you to first declare a winner of the dance battle. And second, it was a while before they snapped back because then they sang together for a second before like Chris Martin was in. And it was just like, is Coldplay still there? Are they, do they leave? Yes. The winner of the goddamn dance battle was Lady Gaga's rendition of the national anthem, <laughs> which was the one good music moment that they had. Of that, that was evening. beautiful. That was beautiful. Uh, Travis Conley, our good friend, sent me a picture of a He-Man character and said, is this what Lady Gaga looks like? And I was like, I can't rip into her. She just honored America with a very good rendition of the song. Don't worry, though. She'll be on the Grammys. We'll get her then. So anyway, yes, it was terrible. Then all of a sudden, uh, Chris Martin shows back up, and he's barely in frame because Beyonce's ahead of him. Bruno Mars is ahead of him. And I think somebody on the internet referred to him as this year's left shark, which agreed. So by the time this mercifully long, nonsensical thing comes to an end, he's now singing and showing pictures of years past showtime half shows at the super bowl and all of them i'm looking at and i go i would rather watch that show and that show and that show 
And did they just put in the Black Eyed Peas like that was a highlight? Whoosh. Never again. All right. So anyway, that was my my take on the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm sorry that we all lived through it. It's traditionally terrible. Some are good. You can read my article to figure out which the good ones are. I wrote of the eight important ones, the only ones that matter. That's at FirstSlice.com. Check it out. And I am, I'll say this about the final note. It's always, it is nice to see the Broncos. It is nice to see them win. And as little a part as he played, it's like, oh my God, Peyton, please retire. Like, you were amazing. You did great, dude. You were awesome. And you gave us Eli's reaction. And I that guess that was the most important part of the day. Yeah. How do you say no to that beauty of a moment that came full circle for? Well, you know what you don't say, Kev, is uh, I'm gonna think long and hard about this. Uh, I know I'm definitely gonna have a Budweiser and uh, also some Papa John's and uh, some nationwide insurance to help me come to my decision on if I should play another year like another Frankenstein. Uh, but uh, thank you. And also my brother, uh, two and two, bitch. <laughs> that would have been such an awesome. <laughs> he flipped him off and it turns out they hate each other. They chose this moment to reveal it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And I feel as though Cam Newton might be back in a monster way next year. I'm saying fantasy draft early. I'm going to be looking his way. Can we also put out a small movement here? I know we're an MMA podcast and we're pivoting back to it shortly. We swear. We swear. It's just when Kevin dares me to get worked up. I it, and it, I think everyone knows that was worth it. People, yeah, I'll be vindicated so. in the end. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, not my fault, people. But um, if we are looking at it from this perspective, can we, with our small movement here in MMA – outlaw dabbing now some of you i might hear you say but i like to dab and i would say to you this really evaluate the choices you made in life why is it that you like dabbing it looks like you're sneezing not only does it look like you're sneezing but then it looks like you're probably going to give yourself a concussion because you're just throwing your head into your shoulders into a little crevice and it looks the dumbest. So I just want to put it out there that we we should be done with this, right? I don't think a lot of our, our listeners are a problem. You guys are educated, smart people. You listen to us. Yeah. But you know who I'm talking about. You know those people exist. You can send your thoughts via Instagram dab at verbal tapcast hashtag rapsfave. I swear to God, if I see any of you goddamn dab in front of please. me. <laughs> please. Oh man, that would just uh that would make my twenty sixteen. And it's early, but it's February and it's the month of romance. Demarcus Ware trains MMA and credits that to his longevity. And you know, that would explain some of his moves. That well, would... you know who would not credit it to their longevity? Who's? Johnny Hendricks. Oh man. Okay. I know we talked about it, but let's let's return back. So that was a terrible. Well, you know, he was just the better man tonight. He was he was just better than me. I, I you know I don't I don't know what to say. Like he just I'll look at the tape. I'll be back. You know, this isn't the end of Johnny Hendricks. You know, 
you know, I don't, he was just a better man tonight. I don't really know. It was ever the same. It was so sad. He just kept answering even though no one was asking him a question. On the other side, though, if you are Johnny Hendricks and you just got beaten that way and you lost your restaurant, eh, life's a little rough. Yeah, he's going through a tough he's going through a tough moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, this was an interesting thing. He's fighting in that. tough guys, too, though. I mean, Stephen Thompson and there are, there are some fights that need to happen for Stephen Thompson. Like he Such and as. Lawler, he and Condit. He and Woodley, there are four fighters in that division right now at the top because Johnny Hendricks is no slouch and he got knocked out hard. And I do wonder, though, with somebody like Steven Thompson, and you do bring up a good point in wanting to match him with Condit because you do put that range back in with him and a tactician like Condit. And I do wonder what that match looks like. Three rounds, Condit will barely lose by decision and it won't make sense. Okay. I just had to guess. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Um, on the other side, though, this was an interesting main event. Uh, it was kind of the main event that couldn't. Oh, I would concur with that analysis. And mostly because it had to hold the entire event on its shoulders. Not that there weren't some highlights. But if we were to talk, say, about Roy Nelson versus Jared Rushart. So sure. what would you say about that fight, Kevin? Uh, you know, uh, I guess I would agree Nelson won because he didn't lose. It wasn't a very entertaining fight by and large. It was fun at moments. No. It's always fun to see big guys swing at each other, I guess. There you go. Absolutely. When it looks like That's they're fighting over fight beers outside of your dad's barbecue, then yeah, definitely. <laughs> it looks really awesome. When it's in a cage, you know, it's not the best, but Actually, you'll get That it. was the missing ingredient. There should be some fights are like, are you guys cool if we drink beer during this? So they we're allowed to throw the can at each other. That would have been amazing. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure in saying Roy Nelson would 1,000% add a beer clause to his contract if he could. On the other side, though, uh, when he went up to go celebrate and he climbs up the cage, which, by the way, is scary and also a good reinforcement of how strong that cage is. Yeah. But when he goes up there, he climbs up there. He's right above John Attic and Brian Stan. fit. And – Brian Stan's response to him doing that was the most real I think I've heard from him in a while. He's a great commentator, but this was super real when he said, oh, and look at him up there and a whole bunch of sweat from his stomach has just fallen onto us here in the commentary (laughs) And nobody thinks about that implication because they're like, yay, big man gets on the cage. And nobody thinks about the poor commentators who are stuck there looking – like just terrified that these raindrops that are bigger than most of us, it's at least like three person sweat if i'm doing the math right are participating i feel bad for the people yeah. listening to this in the morning someone just took a drink of coffee and yeah. they're just like oh warn us next time <laughs> Ow. It's, a, it's part of the danger of listening to this podcast <laughs> comes up next so anyway not a super great fight then i guess you can also make the same case for uh osp versus rafael cavante yeah it, i don't really remember the fight i mean i know saint pro one i just don't remember it much did you were you drinking to get ready for the super bowl the day before or were you yeah. just drinking normally i was in a place where i was trying to prepare myself for a day of drinking 
So yeah, I was ramping things up. Okay. And Joseph Benavidez mm-hmm. versus Zach Makovsky, I do remember. I just the Saint Prow fight was really boring. It was just kind of yeah. like a control fight. Benavidez still made of rubber. Raf, hold on. You're sitting down. Yeah. This was a flyweight bout that ended, mm-hmm. and I I know it's crazy, but via decision. <laughs> It, I mean, in a lot of close strikes, but uh, Makovsky's slight tries for takedowns didn't. Do you know what I secretly wish in this life? One of them knocks me unconscious viciously. No, because that won't happen. You'll never take a fight. We'll never get an MMA place to sanction a fight that gets taken 100 pounds <laughs> a hundred pounds out of one athletic giant. <laughs> Semi-athletic giant, I I think, is also a generous, maybe just (laughs) as generous, if not more generous, than Bruno Mars being called a dancer. (laughs) I'll I'll go that category. I'm fine with that. So if you have this and you're looking at it from an objective standpoint, if you are trying to say something about this fight and you do what you normally do, which is critique the flyweights i hope that at a bjj tournament in the near future there is an absolute fight between you and a flyweight and that that flyweight just destroys you that would be i think maybe the best wish so those of you who are in the flyweight category i can tell you all of kevin's weaknesses most of them involve the knee right now that can change but the more that kevin starts to talk shit about your category i feel i will give you an additional weakness to Kevin's game. Uh, and that's fair. But Venavidez looked a lot better than the other guy. Fun match, though. In the second round, I still, I still thought at some point that Benavidez looked a little weird just in terms of the wrestling wasn't quite uh, as top-notch as it normally is for him, and he yeah. looked like he was kind of getting some bad moments but that's about Kofsky it he looks like a grappler you can tell he's got that in it but obviously so does benavidez but absolutely they had some cool grapple moments now kev as the the guy who's actually married on this podcast yeah i try to give you some advice here and there i'm and never doing it raf i'm definitely thing. not getting not after what i saw but go on okay so if i were to say see you propose to somebody um after a weigh-in yeah. I would have some words for you afterwards. But what were your initial thoughts when you saw that Alec Nicholson made weight and then decided the best way to cap that off was to propose to his fiance? Bad idea. Bad idea. Okay. Why is that? There are things you shouldn't do, Raph. There are just things you shouldn't do. One of them is you shouldn't propose to someone shortly after an orgasm. Um, shortly after an In-N-Out burger for the first time. like You have moments in your life of euphoria, and I think this is the opposite of that. You shouldn't propose to someone if you've just gotten done being waterboarded. He has been in a sauna vaping out the last ounces of his life force in any way, and he decides that's the moment... Plus the ramifications alone, which he clearly wasn't able to think about. And that is that now this is associated with something else. Mm. And, you know, there are bad things that can happen in a fight, like unpredictably bad things. that can I don't happen. know if it's unpredictable. <laughs> 
especially if it's happened before, but go on. And sometimes they're just, and you don't want it. You do not want that. You want things to stay compartmentalized in your life. Stay focused. Mm -hmm. Don't tempt fate. Oh, God's fucking job. (laughs) So, yes, this gentleman, Alex Nicholson, Got his jaw broken oh by a vicious God, what neck a bummer. Well, let's get to wedding planning. Can someone uh, put some peas in a blender with that broccoli and a little bit of chicken? Thank you. I'm obviously writing this all on a notepad because talking hurts. Oh. I guess there are a few things. I guess the first one, if we're to back up back to the weigh-ins again. How romantic do you sound when you're barely able to make weight? I know that I don't necessarily sound all that great if uh, I don't have my wits about me after competing or, you know, training and I'll sit there and I'll go, hey, yeah, so uh, you want to do this or something? How about you spend the rest of your life with me? No, (laughs) I spend the rest of my life. Same thing. However that works. I don't care. Let's move in together. So that's number two, uh, which is, oh, Cool. For a fighter who's very, very selfish, and and I say selfish in the terms of a relationship, uh, which would be, yeah, I'm going to fight and very little see you a bulk of the time, but I know the best way to commemorate the time that I do get to see you. I'm going to bring you on stage after I face off against the guy who I don't know this yet, but if I had someone from the future telling me that they were going to neck crank the shit out of my jaw again – Well, we'd reconsider a few things. So then not only are you going to have maybe an anniversary to celebrate of when you got engaged. Some people do that. But then you're going to remember every year that the next day is the anniversary of when you got neck cranked to the point where, (laughs) ow, and everybody felt bad for you because they could hear your neck. Basically, your jaw just kind of pop on TV. When a guy by the name of Mirsha Kirkhoff <laughs> from Toronto. Who was great in the Summer and Winter Olympics, by the way. Latvia, originally. <laughs> I want to say this, though, Kevin. When I see Tuck something like neck, this happen. No, I mean, down. sometimes it happens. You cannot but leave that neck out there like that. I had to uh, reprimand somebody who I was at a, an open mat with recently. Because they were doing neck cranks. And I was kind of like, hey, man, Ooh. probably shouldn't be doing that here. No cool. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, was like imagine, I'm from Latvia. <laughs> but imagine going to train after you saw this fight and you saw this clip. Yeah. And you go to your open mat and you see somebody trying to neck crank you. My first instinct was to start punching. And fortunately, the better part of my brain took over and just kind of relieved some pressure and gave him a more optimal version out of it but i was like hey dude just as a heads up you know we don't really neck crank at this gym and the guy's like oh okay (laughs) which didn't really sound super assuring so anyway yeah that's only uh hey focus tell me you heard me um great fight though (laughs) mike Pyle defeats Mm -hmm. sean spencer this was a good fight this is uh there was a series of three good fights in addition to the Thompson. So that's what I said. Like, it had good moments. Uh, the Kirkhoff finish was unbelievable. The Benavides fight was really fun. Mike Pyle versus Sean Spencer was a brutal 
fight. They were just hitting each other in the face as hard as they possibly could for the entire fight. And Mike Pyle, to end this, stops and looks at the ref and is like, I I mean, are you going to step in here? And then, like, throws one more knee to the temple. The ref's like, yes, I am, actually. Thank <laughs> you. I'll uh, stop it now. <laughs> you good, sir? Uh, great fight, though. And Mike Pyle said he has no intention of slowing down in a weekend of 40-year-olds taking the field. Mike Pyle, the big winner. So almost. he's not going to ride off into the sunset? Does not appear so. How late do you think Mike Pyle's going to fight? I don't know. And that's... Uh, 60? Not 60, right? Like he'll stop at 50? Yep. I feel like he looks the same as he did when he was 20. Like I... This is gonna. We're gonna be talking about this in ten years, and everyone's gonna have changed except Mike Pyle. He's still gonna be like, you know, I feel good. I'm just gonna stay loose, <laughs> take it one fight <laughs> at a time. Uh, he's uh, this next card. Dan Henderson's on, so I thought I'd catch it. Josh- That's gonna be great, though, if you are looking at Dan Henderson as a marker, and you're like, hmm, well, I want to keep Pyle going. Looks great. Sean Spencer's a good fighter. Yeah, a good absolutely. fight. And but, 425 in the third round, by the way, which is, like, the worst place to get knocked out. Yeah, but, I mean, like, is there a good place to get knocked out? No. Okay. Eh, second round. Okay. You know, save that in turns for recovery. <laughs> Josh Berkman versus KJ Nunes. Good fight. Really good fight. Mm. Uh, I definitely remember some of the other fights. Oh, God, the flying knee. Oh, God. Oh, God. Did you see it? I did. Oh, it was so poor Anik and Stan. Like, this shit never happens when Goldberg's on the mic. Like, this only happens UFC Tokyo or UFC Fight Night, (laughs) the 96 Ghost. Like, that's when they get the B squad gets called up. And I love Stan because he could never shut up. Like, it's just his. And they really had to fill a lot of time here. And this is where yeah. Joe Rogan goes into, like, the epistemology of fight compression. And then, like, we'll go off on a CTE tangent and recovery and then whip it around to legislation about MMA. Like, this is really where he's talented in that endeavor. And they just kind of kept talking about how vicious the knee was. <laughs> Brutal knee. So that's going to be an MMA knockout of the year award for the next year. Uh, I mean, it was it was super good. And I think it's one of those things where his opponent, uh, Noad, was working for a series of submissions and seemed to be pretty effective in, in several of them where he was at yeah. least setting them up right. And they looked good, not great. And obviously that was the case when he wasn't necessarily finishing him and he let Diego kind of back into the fight a little bit more. Another but yeah, of course, of course, he was at least trying to push the action. And it's as fans, you get what you want to see, which is somebody trying to get a finish. Uh-uh. Um, having said that, there was a finish. It just happened to him. So that part's unfortunate. Uh, but the flying knee, pretty sweet. But then, yeah, as you were mentioning, when you see him just laid out there, you go, so when do the police show up to do the chalk outline? Is that happening yet or does that happen later? Because I think we got to go to another fight pretty soon. I don't know what the TV time is here. They were very, very cautious to say he was offered the gurney. He did not take it. He got up on his own. We're very excited to see that. That's what they did. 
that's a very nice statement. And good for them. However, the real news of the night, though, Kevin. Stole the whole night, by the way, right? Nothing bigger than this. Like, this was yep. basically what people talked about until uh, someone almost, because someone almost dying left a lot of CM Punk uh-huh. time. Um, in the cage, so, no, no, I'm being facetious. He, yes, of course. So, <laughs> a dude who his name is Mickey Gall, and I've never gotten so many texts from civilians, other folks, normals who just sent in messages to me saying, "Hey, ref, what do you know about this Mickey Gall character?" And I was like, "Oh, hello, non-traditional MMA Uh-oh, fan. Oh, here come Welcome the WWE ears." It's more than WWE years. It's people who have a morbid fascination of wanting to watch a dude who did wrestle, who did do the fake quote unquote stuff, get the living shit kicked out of them. Yeah. And in some smaller remotes, you have people who are rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for CM Punk. Now, having said that, after watching uh, Mickey Gall do quick work of uh, Mike Jansen, uh, Johnson in uh, – what is it? Is it 45? Yeah, quick work of them. First round. Let's just go there. Quick RNC on Mike Jackson. And, uh, you know, it is as real as it gets. So Mike Jackson goes out real quick, and you're thinking, this is the guy who trains a little bit more. But uh, he was given the golden ticket to fight CM Punk at a time and date that is to come. It is rumored he will fight him, and CM Punk said he wanted to be on UFC 200, though I think Uncle Dana wants to have him get the notoriety he can get the for OBUDP. UFC 199. Ooh. So he almost misses it out. I'm excited. I am excited. If, and that's first fine. of all, when was the announcement made? Well, it was kind of just presumed. It's always kind of been there. No, no, no I mean if, when he fir- I'm sorry, when he first, it's been uh, oh, 14 months. You, well, you came out here. You I were out here in D.C. Or I'm sorry, in L.A. when... Uh, we were watching that UFC. Yeah. Um, so it's so yeah, that was while, yeah. not two Decembers ago, if you Damn. are keeping track. Okay. Well, awesome. So we're excited for that. But, you know, I mean, enough about this Mickey Gall and his submission, because now we'll get to see how he stands up against CM Punk's Anaconda Vice, yeah. which in itself is a deadly submission. And the big takeaway from this UFC fight night, do not propose after wins. no. no. No, no. You might get really, really bad things happening to your jaw. Uh, Unless she's an orthodontist. Oh, am I right? Where, you know, that's also, I don't, I mean, I don't know their situation, but that news could be very different to uh, their sex life. That was f- and, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, she's, they're going to find out her, her dedication. So, you yep. no oral and, Soft foods for six months. Uh, definitely want to go on this tasting for uh, the wedding. <laughs> you just food. pour the wine on my on my chest <laughs> so I could just see if it's got body. Ugh. Speedy recovery out there to the niggas. Most definitely. <laughs> There's been some fun stuff. We're gonna whip around some news. Everybody's game. Hey, no guests until we get some more iTunes reviews. That's the rule now, Raph, and I want you to support me on that. Are you in? I Did guess. You... Hey, you heard it here, people. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> hey, we're sick of this. Start interviewing people again. <laughs> That's great. No. No. Not until at least five 
to 10 or 15 more people leave something riotously witty in the comment section on iTunes. All right, that feels good. Uh, but we've got a lot of fun news to talk about. There's great stuff happening. EBI has an announcement. Are you yes. prepared to confirm what you believe it is? No. Okay. <laughs> but that was not worked out or prepared. Um, I don't know what Can it we is. even speculate? Are we allowed I, to? Because I saw things. Like, I obviously okay. what, saw what people you see? were talking What did you see? People think it's coming back. Because <laughs> I wrote the joke. Uh, what did you they're, see? They're about to start outsourcing jobs from Mexico that they're bringing it back to L.A. That was ah, what double the, joke on you. Those jobs are going to go right back to Mexicans here in L.A. So. Oh, damn it. Well, I respect their perseverance to make it here, Raph. Outsourcing of jobs from Mexico to to people here. Actually, no. You know what? Uh, All things considered, uh, folks who do jujitsu make just as much money as underprivileged Mexicans. So, (laughs) and I can say that because I'm a brown. Anyway, guys, (laughs) here's the information that we have for you. According to the EBI official Instagram, wish I could tell y'alls right now, but I can't. The news is so big that I had to bring EBI 6 back to Los Angeles at the Orpheum and change the date to Sunday, April 24th. I apologize to all the jiu-jitsu fans in Mexico, but you'll understand when the announcement is made. Uh, Galvo, Vinny, Dean Lister, Gary Tonin, Eddie Cummings, and uh, Boogie are all still in. Thank you for the support. Hashtag sub only. Whoa. So that's not even the big announcement? No, the, the announcement oh. of it coming back to L.A. is just it's well known now. Oh. So now we have a new date. First so of all, props to my reading ability. I'm glad I, <laughs> I registered it. I thought that was the it big It wasn't even the reading. But it, it's me telling you off air, dude, it's coming back to Los Angeles. I thought you were telling me what the big announcement was. No. I thought you were saying EBI has a big announcement. I comma, said it's, it's coming back it to was, Los Angeles. Not, no, it's not comma. It was colon. It's coming back to Los Angeles. Like that's the information that I know. I think a more apt way to say it was it's coming back to Los Angeles, and they have a huge announcement. Just if I could. That's great. If I could also maybe <laughs> God, help Things because we're just giving information to one each other, you know, to really try and help the other. Um, reading is essential, and I know it's hard for you, but sometimes when I send you the link to something, you could do yourself the favor and maybe us of uh, reading it because it says right there. And I like that you even admit on the podcast, "Oh, I should read that." Uh, let us know who side of the argument you're on on our iTunes review wall. Uh. Hashtag team ref. Hashtag something team that we definitely need to have put in the record. <laughs> on the record books. So when people are like, should I listen to this podcast? Raph was right about EBI 6. <laughs> it lo- Well, it looks like Kevin's not much of a reader. Interesting. <laughs> Five stars? What? Okay. No, but for real, put a fucking rating on there and make it five stars. We love you guys. I am excited to talk about this, though. When are they going to tell us the announcement? Did they even mention that? They're just like, hey, we have a big announcement. (laughs) Let me me read you what we have some of these uh, notes here. Uh, Some of the notes in the comments section said, how about Cyborg? Great question. Uh, Another person put, oh, shit. Um, Somebody else asked, Master, are you going to show the real jiu-jitsu? Interesting. Does that mean 
Eddie himself? Are you competing? Great question. Uh, somebody put, you're changing competition jiu-jitsu forever. Uh, somebody put Magic Mike, Joe Rogan competing? Question mark. Let's stop here for a second. I like where people's heads are at and the interjection. Definitely. Uh, somebody then put down another person said, is Joe Rogan competing? So, okay. That would be, I mean, that would be reason enough. Uh, though you, I suppose you could probably make the better argument to Joe that there's some great fucking drugs in Mexico, but maybe he's just afraid of getting kidnapped down there. I don't know. Yeah. Hafa Mendes, maybe Connor, perhaps Hobson Mora, Crone. Somebody just put fucking T's, LOL. Uh, Gordon loves jujitsu, which is Gordon Ryan, who just got his black belt. Congratulations. Oh, it just said, Gordon. is invited. In other words, is Gordon loves jujitsu or Gordon Ryan invited? Uh, somebody put, put Sergio Pachinga on the card. Uh, yeah. So, oh, does somebody put Jean Jacques, which would be awesome. But uh, I can't believe people have left off Keanu Reeves and Freddie Prince Jr. Hold on. Of course, we have to save the best for last, Kevin. Oh, I'm sorry. One person put, that's actually Coachella weekend. Sad face. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Bad news. Oh, that's the best possible. That person gets our social media of the month award. Absolutely. But some things to note about Coachella. It's actually two weekends, not one. So you can go to the previous weekend. No, you can't rap. You D. Kings of Leones is playing. No, 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 no. It's not Kings of Leones this year. It's Tokyo Hotel Neutral Milk Club that's playing first. They're going to open for Utopia (laughs) Dreamcatcher in the DJ tent. You know, having been to Coachella's in my life, I've gone, I've enjoyed them fine. Oh. I have not been there in, what, eight, nine years or something like that. Um, it has become a definite culture of oddness, of crazy, and it's not the same Coachella. I know that for sure. But I think you can make adult decisions That's and understand right. maybe you don't go to Coachella this year. You could see Hot Chip another time. Well, EBI's Ev- Coachella molestation aside. You know what, Kevin? Whatever. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm just saying watch. Jitsu, so take that. Boom. I mean, there, you know that's not like a small 10th planet audience. I'm just saying there's at least 50 of them that are going to Coachella. <sighs> and <laughs> EBI, we're stoked. We're already stoked. Polaris mm-hmm. 3 has an announcement. We apparently lost Ben Askren. Huge right. bummer. But we gained something more interesting. So we put something on there, yes, and it's definitely more interesting. So we put something on AJ's note because AJ said apparently Ben dropped out. And I was like, that's a bummer, man. And on that e, uh, Facebook chain, he said, yeah, something came up, it said, but who knows? So I, I think he's probably feeling pretty hurt about it himself, but it seems like they've got something in store for him coming up. We don't know when that's going to be announced. Well, However, I just hope AJ will fight him. I'm joking. He's <laughs> like, could you just give me an opponent? It's like, who do you want? He's like, is Hulk Hogan available? We're like, no. <laughs> no well, I, call I, actually, him. Uh, there was a photo of Ryder's weird. Sorry. There's a photo of him this week. And he was making an AJ squinty face and the camera angle looked like he was pointing at somebody. And I, I put underneath that a picture of the Hulk Hogan point 
and uh, he seemed to enjoy that. So uh, there's that. So you're not wrong. Unrelated parallels. No, you qualified Hulk Hogan, so I was able to make that work. However, no, I'm saying you and I that we're both like in the same mindset without linking it. I know it's a strange thing, and I it's beautiful. It frightens me a little bit, but Jersey Mike's. I ordered Jersey Mike's one time on the same time, Kevin. Same ordered. exact day. Yeah, I know. Same exact day. We both ordered it. What did you say? I said I hope we didn't get the same order. And? We did get a pretty similar order. Yep. So what did you say in response to that? Twinsies? Yep. <laughs> favorite thing. All right. It just twists a knife through revs. Like just like a small tack. We just couldn't be more different in some way. Like, Twinsies. But I'll when Kevin not me. only says Zs to anything, <laughs> then it, a Twinsies. part of me does die. Anyway. So let's talk about the replacement. And the replacement. Can't wait for, who, to find out who AJ is going to fight, but it's going to be someone good. We know yes. that. And but we do know that the announcement for who Gary is fighting is now announced. And that is going to be uh, Mr. Paul Harris. Are you reading that right? The guy yes. that keeps the grip. Gary called this and we were all like, oh, well, Gary's kind of crazy. And I like that Gary and AJ are kind of like secretly becoming more exciting grapplers right now than Keenan because I just don't remember the last time I saw Keenan fight. So hot right now. Or no, not right now. <gasps> He's not so hot right now? No. I mean, what, has he fought? Am I missing something? I just, he's always been so hot right now. I haven't even seen one of his cool videos. Maybe I'm growing out of my tween jujitsu phase. Anyway, he's feels like, being uh, replaced on your Tiger Beat magazine. Feels like AJ and Gary are just a more mature version of what I'm looking for. But they're, they've kind of been on this weird, you know, I'll fight anyone. I want to kind of prove grappling is a weird art outside of where I'm at. Gary's pulling out a very interesting little checkmate. No one wants to fight Paul Harris because of all of his bullshit and the holding of things. And there's some questions about maybe he has some predispositions that keep him from being able to necessarily understand some things, which makes it even more dangerous. But most people are like, no, he's very aware. And like, it's just a weird thing he does. Mm -hmm. Gary's fighting him. I think that's great. I think it's, I mean, there have been a lot of people who said that Gary has big balls because of this, and Gary seems highly entertained by this. Yeah, I, I, I'll say it. Okay. Huge cojones. Uh-huh. I think the more interesting thing is, and I don't know if people have been asking these questions, but I came up with a couple, and maybe I'll, I'll bounce them off you and see if they, have, they hold any, any weight to them. Do you think that Gary put in any conditions to say the refs or the other people involved behind the scenes or on the mats uh, should something go wrong? I don't know. I okay. don't know what you can do. I'm sure there's got to be some things that they're going to talk about. Yeah. I just wonder if the ref is equipped with a blow dart. Ooh, that would be nice. Or like something with like uh, obviously non-lethal, but like hit him <laughs> with a beanbag shotgun. Yeah, because my first thought was I was like, did they give the ref a taser? Because if they did, then I think that's how he learns his lesson. What about a paintball gun? <laughs> like a paintball uh, right to the neck? To, nah, the, jug- he to the neck. <laughs> I think he could take a few of those. I've seen 
He is a uh, he's a very jacked human like, being. If the uh, the spectacle of him getting hit with a stun gun, I'm just worried his body will tense up and he'll finish the movement. He's so, so that's conditioned. I, I I took it to more of a blow dart because with the blow dart, he has to like if he's not letting go, he does that thing in movies where they pretend to catch the dart, kind of a thing with as they like hold their neck, which is really them just holding the dart in between their hands and being like, <gasps> and then they go out. Uh, that's how I think he would release part of the move. Um, so that's part of it. I feel like it's kind of a, I don't know. The second question I have is, is this officially the sequel to Jurassic world? Ooh, a little bit because a way better version. It makes me wonder if I hope there aren't you, as many you have a monster that deaths. we have like somebody who we're rooting for and we're all like, oh, man, we hope Gary will do it. But if he doesn't, good thing we have these electronic pulsing fence system that will keep him away from attacking the audience. But guess what? <laughs> it you doesn't fucking work at all. The beast. Uh, that <laughs> should... Polaris is Jurassic World let loose. That should be Jurassic Park's like running theme. It's like we could never build a cage that really worked. Nailing it. Uh, all of our staff suck. So there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on grappling wise in the next few months. It's gonna be fun, yes. which is great because we also have a little while before we see some things in terms of the MMA world. Jones Cormier two is set. I'm already excited. I can't be more excited for that because uh, you've got that and you've also got underneath that fight. Uh, Demetrius Johnson fighting again. Oh, and that'll be a good, uh, you know, matchup for the big guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about that fight, Raph. I don't know what you're alluding to. Mm. Okay. Just want to make sure. I think you're. I think you're just trying to bait me. And frankly, uh, that fight. Wait, if you're wait, following why would the, I be somebody who's trying to bait you when <laughs> you spent a good portion of the beginning of this podcast having us take a short detour down Coldplay Avenue. That was a perfect detour down Coldplay <laughs> Avenue. And rap. Here's all I'm gonna say. If Demetrius Johnson wins that fight. He's probably going to face Benavidez for the epic third matchup for them. And I, I'm in line to see both fights already. CM Punk is fighting. Jones Cormier two is set. One ninety nine. We've got McGregor and Dos Anjos coming up. Before that, we have Cowboy Cerrone. Somewhere in between that, if you can fucking believe it, we have Silva fighting Bisping. Bisping yes. was looking good, though. Nice outfit this weekend. I'm glad that uh, was part of the judging the- criteria for you. Uh, you you kind of breezed by 199, but the reason why 199 is interesting is because that could be the CM Punk event, but it also is going to be the Rockhold oh, ni- Chris Weidman. Yeah, and I actually like that Weidman got a two. I told you that. I'm I'm in on Weidman getting a second chance. He deserved to defend uh, on the stipulation that he gets some sun. Well, you do know that he was only fighting at 10 to 20 percent in that fight, Kevin. Uh, who's ever fighting at 100, you know? But 20. I work most days at 4 <laughs> percent. Oh, you think I'm impressed by 10 to 20? 
If I ever felt like 14%, I'd be skydiving in my spare time. I don't want to. And what's with fighters giving you exact percentages? What are they basing Here's how good I feel. It's like every fucking day it's going to get worse, Weidman. Where do you think you are in life? Like, yeah, I feel like I'm 10 to 20% of myself, too. It sucks. I love uh, you giving him age advice. I just, every one of them, it has been a lot of complaining. Like the first thing, I got a cold. It's like, that's called having a job. Like, you get <laughs> colds. Okay. Good enough. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that was, welcome to the professionalism corner with Kevin. Everybody gets colds and fight. <laughs> I definitely know what I'm talking about. Uh, and... I actually, we have, uh, Raph, I'm sorry, I have to mute you real quick because things have changed again with BJ Penn, and we have on the line. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought we weren't having guests. Well, this is like uh, family. Oh, okay. Very different. Okay. Yeah. He's always stopping by. So let's bring him on. BJ, your fight got changed again. Oh, hey, bro. Yeah, no, like, here's what happened. Okay, so I was going to fight at, like, uh, UFC, uh, yeah. the one with Conor McGregor at Whatever. UFC 197. Yeah. And then, you know, they back. changed that, bro. So, like, BJ, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I have to ask, are they just trying to postpone this until you die? Like, how yeah, long are that's kind of generally the idea is that they want to see if I'll die first, which... I, I told him I don't think I'm gonna die first, but it's like a know. morbid test to see if you're in shape to fight again, don't you think? Oh like, yeah, you, you know I mean like Dana's very morbid sense of humor. I remember once I told him like before I was fighting Sean Shirk, I was like Dana Braj, I could go out there and like totally get this shark in like a half guard and like. You know, I mean like my leg was like sawed off partially for like twenty seconds, but Braj, I got him in half. <laughs> Uh, BJ, send one of those videos of yourself doing the rock carrying underwater things to Dana. Maybe then they'll let you fight. Because right now it feels like they're going to keep pushing you out. They're going to be like, UFC 300, BJ Penn's big comeback. You know? Oh, and- you know, the the funny part about that is that, like, um, it's been so long since I've been on this show and had to remember all of those things. So when you brought up the, like, rock thing, I was like, oh, yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that that happened. So yeah, yeah. no, Braj. You like, don't have instant I... recall of all of the UFC fight prep videos. This is when you were overweight and they were challenging your in shapeness. So you were trying to prove something. Yeah, nothing says like you're not a fat ass. Like, hey, carry this rock underwater, like real <laughs> slow. But like, I don't know if you remember because now like my memory's starting to jog again because yeah. I just had a burrito. Yeah. And like um calories. I jumped out of the pool. So like that was a thing, yo. Yeah. Well, you know, I, BJ, you always leave us with an impression and we just want to thank you for stopping by again and we're we're hoping for a fight for you soon. I want to thank you for jogging my memory because sometimes yeah. it's like I show up here and it's like I didn't know I was going to be here. So then like it's nice if you could jog it, you know, bro. It's like sometimes I come on this show to remember uh, mm. what happened to me. So thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, BJ Penn. Uh, we're going to, Raph, we're going to bring you back. Raph, uh, BJ sounds good. He sounds like upbeat. 
He sounds mostly okay. That's good. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting because I, I could hear still the podcast. I can't yeah, obviously be a it's part a, of it, but it's a one way input. For um, but I could hear. I mean, he just sounded really confused. It sounds yeah, like he, uh, you know, he trusts Dana. That's it's true, and it's weird. <laughs> like it, it is beautiful to hear him come on the show and then slowly remember parts about his life and how he, he just trains. forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like he's like, Oh shit, I forgot that. I should try that again. You know, maybe we should have reminded him some techniques. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like, he didn't know he was going to show up on our show. And then he was just like, what? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, strange. That's uh, working with BJ. Uh, this next one, Verdoom post. <laughs> Okay. What's Verdoom doing on Instagram? And is he still like dodging questions about whether or not he's injured? Uh, well, okay. So I guess we can put a little more context in this. Apparently, Conor McGregor won Fighter of the Year at the MMA Awards over the weekend, which our good friend Uriah Faber hosted. And if you haven't seen my interview with him, you can check out my exclusive interview with him at firstslice.com. But um, getting back to the point. Conor McGregor called out Verdum for basically having a broken toe and being like, well, I can't fight. Um, so, you know, Verdum didn't exactly take that well. Now, Kevin, you have not seen what we're talking about yet, right? Correct. Would you do me a favor? Click the link for what we were going to talk about and okay. it'll take you to the Instagram response from Verdum himself. And I want you to describe what it is that you see. <laughs> Oh, God. I see one soccer player in the what the kids call the doggy style position. Uh, And I see another soccer player in what I'd call the child delivery position behind them um, with one arm lodged directly up uh, person in doggy style. And (laughs) There's a great photo of Conor, Conor McGregor's face over the person in doggy style with Fabricio Berdoom lodging his hand completely up his ass. So what does this picture mean to you? Because we had one person who put in our comment section, it's obvious what it means. <laughs> Fabricio Berdoom feels like he would bend Conor McGregor over and fist him if mm. they got metaphorically... Uh, I mean, that really sends a message. It definitely sends a message. <laughs> Kevin, my question to you now is, I know that you've... Maybe, you know what? We you've been get, in a couple fights in your life, yeah? It could also be just doing like a nice exam. Yeah, I have been in a few fights, yes. Okay. Have you ever used the threat of fisting as a form of intimidation? No, I have not used uh the rather public field fisting as a threat no do you feel it was a a missed opportunity a bad choice not to do so you know i can't help but think that fabricio verdum is a more successful mixed martial artist (laughs) than i am so maybe you know a secret of the pros right like some people don't wash their jockstrap uh, maybe I wasn't making specifically sexually terrifying enough threats. <laughs> <laughs> sexually terrifying threats. Oh, man. It's I'm going to make if- you give me full eye contact oral. It's like, <laughs> what? What did he say? You'd probably win the fight, though, if you really think about it. Started screaming that. <laughs> I guess the other I'm thing. I'm going to leave a hickey. <laughs> 
I guess the other thing is, um, you know, that happens. And if what somebody just tuned into our here? podcast, what's his and message? They just here? came in out of context on that one part. You know, they really understand this is this is a fight podcast. This is that's what we are. We hard We're, hit it. We uh, hard hit it as much as for Doom we does. Conor McGregor's sweet ass, according to that Instagram. We don't want to get Fabricio Verdoomed. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to now. Oh, God. Is that going to be like Santorum? Like you do a Google search and then. Oh, we got to meme that Verdoomed over this and make it public. If you're listening to this and you do SEO work, this is your new mission in life. Make that happen. This is disgusting. <laughs> I'm offended by this. I'm not this. offended. I'm, you know, as I am, about an, I'd see I'm first and foremost aroused, and then I react, <laughs> and I'm over that. Oh, my God. What is wrong with Fabrizio for dudes? Again, Kevin, according to one of our fans, it's very apparent what's going on here. So... Ooh, I like this next one. The UFC is headed to Croatia, where Ben Rothwell is fighting Junior Dos Santos. Yes. First of all, great fight. That's an awesome fight. I think Rothwell obviously deserves it after submitting Josh Barnett. I mean, that's a huge statement. Gotta. And gotta. Uh, real quick, we're going to keep on the story, but I wanted to go ahead and say, yes, Art Yamas, it does make perfect sense. Uh, if you really think about it in terms of the Fabricio Verdum, I wanted to match a, uh, a face to uh, the fisting. And I believe we have done that now. So art, you will always be connected with that on our show. Go on, Makes Kevin. Sense if you really think oh, it's just disgusting. Uh, ben Rothwell versus Junior DeSantos is not disgusting. That's going to be a great fight. Junior DeSantos is, you know, always in the running to knock someone out and is a fighter like crazy. And this is a good, if Ben Rothwell wants a title shot, make a statement. This is cool. I like where we're at here, especially before the Jonesy joins the riotous circle, the Jonesy and Bellator signs, UFC veteran, Chris Lieben. And the reason I love this is because of course, Frank, the tank, our friend uh, immediately wants to start fighting him, but Chris Levin's joining Bellator now. Look at them doing some work. I I feel like they weren't lying. Like uh, Scott Corker was saying that when they signed Benson Anderson, they said, uh, you know, it's going to be casting large and wide. Don't you worry. There's going to be some big signings coming. Benson is only the first and. Clearly, uh, so I don't know that Chris Weidman was high on the UFC priority scale, uh, but you know who knows? Maybe that is to piss Dana off because uh, Lieben was always really, really loyal to the company, and we found out this, uh, I guess, this time last week that Dana White said, "You know what? Fucking great for fucking Benson Anderson. We wish him the fucking best." So there's really no bad blood there, allegedly. Well. They ended with uh, full eye contact. I am excited for Chris Lieben, and I think this is a really good time for him to just do normal hair. As like a real statement. <laughs> that would probably be the most shocking, yeah. 
I'm just if he wants to, you know, turn it around, see if maybe he can make a new go of it. I'm just throwing out ideas. You meme this beautifully. Mm. But Dana White has now come out and added to the Sage Northcut shortcut story. Mm. What'd he say? That he shouldn't have let him fight because he was sick. And what was our meme? Our meme was Dana White officially takes more responsibility for Sage Northcutt's loss than Sage Northcutt. I'm just saying. You're right. And what the fuck is Dana doing? Like, he must really like this kid. I wonder if the two of them have already locked eyes at a strip club in Vegas <laughs> and been like, we're going to make you a star. You're going to be a fucking star. And, and uh, in response, you get Sage who goes, I need to be home by nine, Mr. White. I don't enjoy this. And he like blows coke in his face. And the next thing he knows, Sage wakes up in a field next to the stripper. And it's just like, you killed her. That's how this happens. Uh, I'm sorry. We fell asleep watching CSI last night. And there's a lot to this uh, sickness theory, Wrath. I'm sure Sage, like, I can't believe... He was even able to walk in the cage. He was so sick. Mm. It's just a shock. That's definitely why you tap to a shitty hold. That was just <laughs> uncomfortable. What you know you what happens? You, were, you know mm. what happens when people don't submit? Their fucking jaw gets broken, Sage. <laughs> you know what happens when you don't submit? Nothing. You stay exactly where you are with mildly less discomfort. This is ridiculous. This is such a, oh, stop it with the he's sick. I shouldn't have let him with all the backup. Dominic Cruz called it on the MMA during his many hours on camera. It was the longest series of fights this weekend, Ralph. Like, the Saturday fights must have started at 515 <laughs> and lasted until just yesterday. They finished right before the Super Bowl. It went so long. And it was just one of those constant things where it, with the Sage North guys, it's like, we do not have time for the excuses after. Just clip forward and all of this. And, like, this makes you stronger or it makes you weaker. You choose. So listen to Dominic Cruz. And we also made that point on the last podcast. But You were so happy to text me that, too. I felt like he was A, right. And I like Bisping immediately <laughs> missing has the funniest commentary trait and i love it because he's like a mild one-upper and it's like when you make a point that he didn't just make he's like yeah i said that to you off camera and you're just like shut up shut up <laughs> so he said something like a little snide that you're like, oh stealing from me it's just like what are you talking about like you just i mean i think chance. that's a great point Kevin. dumb comment like but on obviously- air he just shits right on the point Obviously, you're bringing up what I was telling you off camera. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I said Bisping steals from shits on points. Absolutely. I was and, like, uh, man, Vicky, how are you taking this analysis Vicky from and I were watching and she goes, uh, so he said something. Karen had to like shush him. And she was like, does she hate him? And it was like, we all do. <laughs> We all like it's just all you can do to get him to shut up and sit there. Like that's how she has to talk to him because it's late in the evening, and if she doesn't, he'll just keep going. <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, Karen Bryan did a great job though. She was, Good for her. She was fantastic making calls. Raph, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's been a it's 
been a podcast, you know. I feel we've changed in the time we've since been we started. Running since we started, we mm. have covered a lot. You got to reference the King of Pop. I mean, you really shit on Coldplay. <laughs> I just, you know, that's not even me at full blast. But you got me worked up. No, and at I, a certain point. Yeah, it was like a, you actually didn't really set into Coldplay until I had prompted you a good few. I had to bring up the pajamas before I Listen, really spiked your dander. For fuck's sake. When I make like an outline of what I want to talk about, and sometimes I just show up here. Sometimes I literally just show up. But other times I'll put down like a couple bullet points like Kevin's hair or like Cruz said what I told him off air. It's a very, very simple process. But I try to keep it MMA focused so that if i do make an aside or like let's say we bring up pro wrestling you know you you get in you get out like a good boxer but when you're just goading me for the sake of hearing me lose my shit which i try not to do a ton i guess i guess you know we just want to make sure we have that commitment to our our listeners that uh that we use our powers for good here kevin not for evil and I just want at one point somebody was like, "Hey, Kevin made a, a producer instinct based decision." <laughs> one time, but <laughs> no, only took three years and a few <laughs> months, bitches. Here it is. <laughs> he finally spiked drafts to get him pissed and to scream about halftime shows, which I promise to do every halftime show moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> By the way, I will never stop. Uh, live them or hate them and frankly i'm excited for one we like coming up soon but the nfl has very little creativity it's gonna be a while before they do that unless they get so conservative like they're going the other way they're like trump's a sign of things are changing it's like i don't know Uh, well don't forget the nfl was also the group that was like you know this janet jackson thing who can we get paul mccartney that's who the kids love and after Paul McCartney, <laughs> who do the kids love? Oh, that Tom Petty. Let's get that Tom Petty. Did you after that, uh, see the who? who the halftime entertainment is at the NBA All Star Game? Oh, did you? I did. I see it. Did I write about it? <laughs> you already wrote about it. You oh, already fell one thousand percent. Because okay, look again. You oh just. Oh my god! It's Sting. For those of you out there, it's Sting. You did this, and we were going to land this fucking plane, but now you're going to make <laughs> take a small detour as our people put their positions back into their upright fucking counters as we wait a couple minutes for a landing. But here's what happened, guys. Here's some other halftime information for you. Yes, the NBA All-Star Game is one that normally appeals to the younger generation. Sure, that's they had Earth, all Wind, and- it does. Like, that's the only group that watched. But, like... Earth, Wind, and Fire at least is connected that they run songs. You can go to a dozen different stadiums. They'll play a little bit of Earth, Wind, and Fire. But for the most part, it's like your Rihanna's, your Chris Brown's, your Pitbull's. Uh, you know what I mean? Like people who appeal to a younger base demo. And the NBA does that. They appeal to some of the lower uh, age groups of all of sports. So it makes sense to make that appeal. So you would think that in its return – to Toronto, 
there's kind of a dude who's like at a popular thing and he appeals to women and also occasionally has like guest appearance raps from other people. He might have portrayed himself as a character in a wheelchair once and also uh, famously mocked himself at the Super Bowl in a commercial form while shilling out for, you know, it's Drake. I'm just, it's Drake. So Drake's from Toronto. And yes, he did the show to, or the halftime show with Rihanna as a co-billing, but his notoriety is raised over the past four or five years uh, to the point where he's had almost hit number one singles, a lot of really big, big songs. And that's why they decided to go with Sting, <laughs> not Sting the wrestler who was m- probably more relevant. Famously Sting- requested. From Sting and the Police, who released their first album, I believe, somewhere in the neighborhood of 1979. Average age of NBA player is 23, just as a heads up. And that puts them born in the 93 category. So so Which, just a whole lifetime before they started listening to music, uh, Sting granted, was making it. I love, like... hey. I have a soft spot in my heart for adult contemporary like that. And I'm that headed era. to the fields of glory. Like I'm in fields of gold fields of gold. It's also, you can go with 10 summoners tales, even as jazzy shit, but like he's fields you know, of he's, barley is what I was, fields I was of headed towards. I was with the fields of barley, <laughs> but he, he's definitely, a I won't let the sun go down on me. That's not <laughs> I famously That's said no to the sun. A nope. few times. George Michael and <laughs> Elton John. You're just naming other people who are just as old as him. Anyway, but yes, Sting was uh, apparently given the nod to do it because why not? So, yes, it's in that same realm of it. But, um, yeah, poor Drake, man, that you're not good enough for your own hometown. So instead they give it to one of the oldest dudes out there. <sighs> I'm with you. Anyway, there you go. That's Eli your... Manning will be there making a dumb face. So <laughs> it'll be fine. It's your and, NBA uh, moment that Kevin is trying to shoehorn into the did show. Did it. Did it. Ah, three and a half years. It was a big moment for uh, a lot of us here tonight. And that will take us to some shout outs, Raph. I'll start it out. Okay. To the people at Target that made such an affordable fryer <laughs> for yesterday's adventure. We bought this little mini fryer. It was perfect. We made some wings. Got a great <laughs> recipe. Uh, shout out to the internet for that recipe. I mean, just some fantastic work was done here at the Phillips Casa. And uh, that's going to do it for me, Ref. My word. Did you just shout out Target, not a sponsor of the podcast, and then segue to the internet? Sounds about right. All right. I want to shout out Target. I want to shout out Albertsons. I Albertsons. was drinking Bud Light during the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and hit Peyton with a can tomorrow in Denver as the parade goes by. Uh, I mean, shoot. Uh, I can't make any decisions on if I'm going to return to this podcast. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I know I'm going to drink a Budweiser and... Uh, God bless America and the Colts. Does that sound good? <laughs> Is that basically what he said all night? He accidentally said go Colts. <laughs> that would have been a, he didn't. He's such a tactician. He's like, mm. can't turn off 
personality public. To, it's like a home. thousand times he said that exact same wording. And I was like, all right, Peyton, please ride off into the sunset like they have said nine trillion times. Hey, I want to go ahead and shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. Be back up. Got some great new people coming in, training with a whole bunch of them. They're really, really good. It's kind of disgusting that they're like two months in and they already know complex things. So I've gotten into the habit of uh, teaching them the wrong things. Great. It's just to make make sure. You're a genius. No, Thank that's you. that's how they in add an obstacle. Like it's too easy now. Yeah. Because once they start to really understand it, then they're gonna think it's gonna come easy the entire time. No, 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 no. Pump the brakes a little bit now. That way it's not only easier when you roll with them forever and you can try whatever you're trying to do, but um, you know, also it teaches them valuable lessons, Kevin. So everybody learns. I'm learning. Thank you. Uh, I want to shout them out. I want to shout out the good people who are talking to us over the internets, the Instagrams, uh, the Twitters. We love it at Instagram Verbal Tap Cast. Instagram, the Twitter. Uh, we have news to tell you guys. If you're listening in, you can also add us now on Snapchat. We don't know how the fuck to use it, well. but we're going to try. And apparently that's what the kids love. So we're going to put on our favorite Sting records and try to appeal to that younger, sweet, sweet demo. Kids, uh, could you just make it a little easier and ex- give us a quick one-two at the cover page of these apps? Absolutely. Just, how does it work in four steps? Like, We don't need more. Yep, that's it. Uh, so shout out to them. Shout out to everybody at Breakdown Academy. Breakdown. Uh, good stuff going on over there. We had... Tons of stuff. Jesus Christ. It's been a, a jam-packed week. Um, John's teaching ridiculously crazy stuff as per usual. He's getting really excited, and I don't want to do too much of a tease, but he's getting really excited to show a couple moves uh, that he is kind of uh, taking it upon himself to innovate, if you would, and kind of improve upon. So I'm really excited for him to get to show you guys those things. But he is also... Kev, and we are going to need to talk about this multiple times on other podcast forms. He is uh, apparently going to be doing his own podcast now. Excuse me? Yeah. Called the Verdoom podcast? What's he doing? Uh, He's going to do the John Evans presents the Happy Family Suntime Super Happy Family Special Mix. It's the official name. Uh, no, he's actually taking over for the host of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. So uh, there are several things that l- listeners know here about John with us, which is he's dead to us. <laughs> and you'll never hear about him on this podcast again. I'm going to send him uh, a message for dooming him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably really like that, too. Uh, no, obviously John is always a part of us. He'll still be making guest appearances. It doesn't change anything, but, uh, we just want to say we wish him well in starting up the podcast. He's already, uh, very nicely. He reached out to us and was like, is it okay if I do a podcast? And it's like, no, that's not going to stop you anyway. So whatever. Uh, John is good people. And I actually can't wait. He's going to get, I think some pretty good guests coming up. And uh, he keeps telling me that he's going to have me on there. And I'm like, John, ugh, no. I hope I speak for everyone when I say, uh, can't wait for you to do a podcast so I won't tune into it. Got him. Slam dunk. Thank you. 
obviously, guys. We'll keep you updated as we find out more information about that. And uh, we want to shout out a whole bunch of people in the community who have uh, been actively uh, sending us tips, giving us notes, uh, letting us know what you guys think. Again, hit us up on the uh, iTunes reviews. We're looking to get some of you guys to give us more feedback. We love all that stuff. No and guests keeps- till no the reviews guests. pile Jesus in. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is That's how it works. <laughs> slowly holding both of us captive on this one. Um, I know there's other things I'm forgetting, but uh, there's a lot of shit that we had to shout out this week. So let's go ahead and stop that there. I'll pick it up back next week. But to everybody, we done. I'm not calling anybody until the reviews go up. That's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. You know, funny story. There's an article on the internet that says how to get more people to review your show on iTunes. Rule one, yell about Coldplay. Pretty sure one of them is not threatening them. Oh. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure where that was going, but I hope it says both. I hope it says don't yell about Coldplay and don't threaten them. <laughs>